0: Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner.
1: We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident.
0: So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm Jaren.
0: And this is Marriage on Purpose. Want to hear your questions answered on our listener questions episode? Send in your questions to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com. All questions will be anonymous. We can't wait to hear from you. Welcome.
1: Welcome everybody. What day is it? Q&A day.
0: Q&A day.
1: Or Q&R day. What is our? Response. Question Um, and response.
0: You don't want to say answer? I don't
1: know. I feel like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't feel like we always have all the answers. We
0: don't have all the answers, but we're giving our answers.
1: Yeah, it is our answer. So,
0: so, It's Q&A day. We're going to answer your questions, but first we do need to go over our question from last week.
1: Yeah, let's go over that really quick. I have the question here. Is arguing normal? What makes healthy versus unhealthy arguing? Okay, I'll let you start.
0: So let's start with the first part of that question. Is arguing normal? I would say absolutely. Even the most healthy couples that you could possibly imagine, still argue.
1: Yeah, it's a disagreement. If you have a disagreement, it can lead to an argument. And if you're arguing, how can that be healthy or unhealthy? How can you work through your disagreement on a certain situation? Good.
0: Yeah, I would even say if you are not finding any disagreements at all, maybe are you stuffing feelings down to avoid conflict? I would say arguing and disagreeing is a very normal and healthy part of a relationship. And it all is about how you do it.
1: Okay, so what makes an unhealthy argument versus a healthy argument?
0: Well, I think there's some obvious things like belittling, name-calling, using mean language, obviously raising your voice. Those are all like obvious signs that an argument is getting unhealthy or toxic hostile hostile yes if you are someone who struggles with hostility in your arguments i think it would be helpful to set some boundaries when you are not arguing and kind of talk about the things that are not okay with you while you're arguing maybe that is name calling that's something you struggle with or raising your voice you feel disrespected when the other person raises their voice set those boundaries so that when you're in the middle of a disagreement if those boundaries are crossed you can then say hey i'm gonna walk away from this this is crossing some boundaries it's getting kind of toxic we need to talk about this later when we're calmer
1: yeah, there's always a way to talk about something calmly. As soon as your emotions get involved and you start dissing each other, that's probably when you should just stop because you can talk about any situation calmly like adults without being mean to each other. I mean, it's possible. It is possible, and I think you should choose that route every time when you can. So, good question. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into this uh, Q&A. Our first question is, would you recommend homesteading slash homeschooling and why?
0: And there's also a second part to this question, and it's how does it impact your marriage positively and negatively if applicable? But let's kind of focus on the first part because this this could get lengthy.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we could go for a while on this, I think.
0: So if you don't know, we have a very small, what we would consider homestead, and we just started homeschooling last year for the first time we're about to go into our second year of homeschooling and even homesteading is a very new thing for us i grew up in more of the city type of lifestyle but very recently we moved out to the country and we started gardening for the first time we have chickens now we've got a dog we've got a couple ducks so we're kind of jumping into this homesteading thing it's very small but we have changed our lifestyle a lot in a very short amount of time
1: Yeah. In the past two years, I would probably say maybe three years, we've kind of changed our mindset toward homesteading and homeschooling. I feel like it's been beneficial for us and our family.
0: I agree. It kind of started as just wanting to change our diet and focus more on the health of us and our children, and we kind of just dove deep into the homesteading life. It just kind of...
1: Yeah, we opened up a can of worms with that. Yes. (laughs) And then we realized a lot of things. This was also during like COVID, too, so... A Uh, lot of things mm -hmm. were coming to light. People were, quote, waking up to a lot of things. But I guess we kind of did that a little bit before COVID. Mm -hmm. We were kind of interested in this. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. And we were like, okay, that kind of solidifies what we were thinking.
0: Kind of got us interested in that self-sufficiency mindset. And we just kind of dove right in.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way a lot during that time. But we really went with it. We already wanted to move in the country because, as Kristen said, she lived in the city and stuff. I did not. I had lived in the city, but it was like a small city away from Indianapolis, and it was country. A lot of it was country. So I was used to that. I liked that. I always wanted to get back to that. So for the homesteading aspect, I think we would definitely recommend it because it builds stuff we don't really have in our modern society, I suppose, Um, like hard work. Intentional work. It's getting dirty and building things and being creative
0: Yeah, that's one thing that we found jumping into this homesteading lifestyle is that Our modern society really lacks hard work We are so used to having things handed to us We're so used to comfort once we started homesteading that really showed us that there is enjoyment and fulfillment in hard work and We didn't realize that before. A lot of times when you're so used to living in that comfort zone mindset, that is almost harder because you just get so desensitized from joy.
1: Yeah, and you become dependent on entities in the world that provide a convenience, you know, like the store, anything like that. Like you learn self-sufficiency. You learn how to do things yourself with homesteading, it seems, And I think that's an awesome trait. Everybody should you know, strive to perfect in themselves.
0: Yeah, I think it just showed us that we weren't created to have everything so easy on us. We were created to work and there's so much fulfillment in that. So although it is really hard, our lives have changed in some hard ways. We still would 100% recommend homesteading.
1: Yeah, and homeschooling, I mean, obviously I think we would both recommend it. But that is something that definitely is dependent on your schedule. Like having a homemaker like Kristen stays at home and has time to do that and invest energy into that, it works for us. Mm -hmm. If both spouses are working all the time, it might, it just might not be in the cards, you know? But we definitely value educating our kids ourselves and choosing a curriculum that we agree with and teaching our kids here. It's, we find it easier. You, You have your, it takes maybe an hour at most, depending on what you're doing, it seems like, to get through one lesson, one day's worth of school with your kids. At
0: least in these younger years, we have a first grader about to go into second grade. And in these smaller years, homeschooling is so much easier than you would think. It is challenging in the way that you don't just get to send your kids off and get a break from them, but easier than you would expect homeschooling to be.
1: Yeah. With all the curriculum options out there now, it's really self-guided. Like you have a book, they have a book, and they go together. When you do the lesson, the book tells you what to say and do, and then the kid follows along in their book.
0: And there's so much freedom in what you consider school, at least in the Indiana laws. It is so easy to homeschool you as the parent get to choose exactly what you would call a school day. You can do your math your language arts, but if one day you want to deep dive into a random topic that your kid is interested in, you have the freedom to do that. If that's watching YouTube videos, or coming up with a science experiment on your own, or taking them out back to help build the chicken coop, you get to check that off as a school day. And I think that's so awesome that you can have the time and freedom to be able to do that, to be able to deep dive into the topics that they're interested in or they are good at. Because the main stuff takes so little time you just have so much more time on your hands And I love that they can be active and all those things that regular school doesn't have
1: All right, the second part of that question says how does it impact your marriage positively and negatively if applicable?
0: I would say for us it's mostly positive just because it is a big passion for both of us homesteading homeschooling being self-sufficient really doing things on our own we're both passionate about that we can geek out on it together and we love to listen to podcasts about it together and learn together and just do things side by side so for us it's been something that has grown us together but i could see how it could maybe impact your marriage negatively if like one person is a lot more passionate into the homesteading thing than the other but for us it's been mainly positive. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. Yeah we both see the benefits of it for us and our family and we think it's a good thing so we both do it. So yeah.
0: If I could think of a negative I would say the time that it takes to put into homesteading. There has been weeks where our chicken coop Completely got destroyed by the wind and we had to drop everything that we were doing that weekend and jaren had to bust out a new coop Some could see that as a negative impact because that did take away time that we could have spent together We had plans that weekend. It was really frustrating. So there's definitely been some negative things But I think the positives outweigh the negatives so much. So that's just not in the forefront of our heads. Yeah
1: That was a great weekend Yep But it happens so Wasn't too upset about it.
0: All right, let's move on to the second question. And that is, how has your relationship evolved as you've grown as people?
1: I would say our relationship has grown with us as we've grown. It's been impacted positively because we put in the time. We don't always get it right. There are lulls, you know, there's valleys that we go through where we aren't putting in time because we're busy, but we've been married for eight years, so looking back, generally, the majority of it has been positive. Our relationship has gotten better. Our dynamic has gotten better in the house, you know, with kids. We've had to change a lot. So as we've grown as people, having different jobs, having kids, homesteading, moving to the country, doing a lot of different things, we still are intentional in our relationship. So it hasn't felt anything negative from that i don't think i think it's only grown us closer
0: yeah i think our growing as individuals has only been better for our marriage it has grown us closer as well as we've worked on ourselves and became healthier people and i've worked on myself emotionally you've worked on yourself to be more emotionally available for me it has only helped our dynamic and grown us much closer together
1: Yeah, Um, and so the next part of that question says, were there times you felt one of you was growing and the other wasn't? So how did you guys repair that disconnect?
0: Yeah, I can think of some times that I felt like I was doing a lot of work to grow and like better myself and maybe Jaren wasn't so much And I can say that I was frustrated in the moment. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. In the moment, it was kind of frustrating me. Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) But looking back now, I think it was kind of silly that I was frustrated about it because we've been together eight years. And over that time, we've both grown at different rates at different times. Does that make sense? Like there's been times where I have done a lot of growing and a lot of work and then there's times where I've kind of been in a rest season and I've slowed down and you've been growing. And just because we're not growing at the same rate at the same time doesn't mean that one of us is just kind of like going off getting better and the other one's just a pile of dirt in the back, you loser, know? Like, a loser yeah. back there. <laughs> yeah, dirt bag. is this how you
1: really feel are you are you saying these things because is how you really feel
0: no i didn't really feel like that i'm saying you were not like that i think it's helped me to realize that there is nothing that i can do as a wife to speed up my husband's growth i think so often in a marriage we want to kind of change the other one because we think that they're not on our level in certain areas but you can't change them and you have to get to a place where you're just kind of cool with that you're cool with them being the individual that they are you chose to love them for better or for worse if they stay the same for the rest of their lives or if they get better and better and better and grow and let's hope that the person that you chose to marry will want to grow and better themselves but you did choose to marry them as they are and if they never do you kind of have to be okay with them just being themselves But we have both grown a lot over the years so now looking back i think it was kind of silly because it's not like he was just not caring about anything kicking his feet back not trying like it wasn't like that i was just in a place of immense growth and really working on myself that it felt like he wasn't but really we were just growing at different speeds and that has happened so much throughout our relationship where one of us has been growing and the other one hasn't and it's it is what it is
1: yeah i think it's fine a lot of times when i don't seem like i'm growing i might be involved in a house project or something that's not like it's kind of hard to define what growing is
0: yeah i think there are times when you need to slow down on growth because growth is tiring and sometimes rest is good for you too. Sometimes your spouse might just be resting and they might not be in a season of growth and that's okay. Accept them for what they are and for not what they could be.
1: Yeah, it's hard to grow all the time. I remember a time when I was very into podcasts for like biblical theology and I was super hungry for that. I had a lot of drive time when I was working so I was interested in that. And then at some point I just got overstimulated with it or a project in the house came up and I had to remodel something. I just didn't have mental space for that anymore. So I didn't, you know, I just kind of fell off of that. Not to say I wasn't growing because now I'm learning how to like build walls and do plumbing and run electrical and stuff. There's growth in that too. As a homeowner, you kind of, you know, homesteader, homeowner, you self-sufficiency, you know, it's part of it. So I feel like that counts as growth. Even though it's not like a spiritual growth or a personal development growth. It's like skill growth.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different types of growth. So just recognize that just because you might be really working on yourself doesn't necessarily mean that your spouse is just never going to grow if they're not doing it at the same rate or it doesn't look exactly the same as your growth does. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're never going to grow. Yeah. All right, this is going to be our final question for today, and it is a good one. So, what to do when you disagree on how to discipline the kids? What do you do? What to do, what to do.
1: (laughs) Well, let's go to the first part of the question, which is what to do when you disagree. What should you do when you disagree? Just like we talked about before, healthy communication That's have a the first step <laughs> yeah have a healthy way to communicate with each other if you're disagreeing on anything it could be where you're going to have lunch after church or literally the smallest thing if you're going to disagree start with healthy boundaries you don't raise your voice you know stuff that you mentioned earlier is very important as a foundation for disagreements in general
0: Don't belittle each other. Don't make the other person feel dumb for their thoughts, even if you disagree with them. That's part of kind of creating a safe environment for the person to share their feelings.
1: Yeah, I think whenever it comes to disciplining the kids specifically, you should probably... Take time to figure that out. Maybe do some self-reflecting on why you want to discipline the way you do versus why your spouse wants to discipline the way they do and kind of see the root of your how you are naturally reacting. Most often than not, it's the same way you were disciplined and you don't really have a reason for question. You don't really question it. You just do it out of natural response.
0: Or maybe it's not the way that you were raised, but maybe it's the opposite Yeah. Sometimes we have the tendency to either repeat what we know, which is exactly how we were raised, or we do the opposite, where we want to go to the complete other extreme of how we were raised just because we see some problems with it. But just because there's some problems with how you're raised doesn't mean that you necessarily have to jump to the complete opposite extreme.
1: This is a topic that definitely needs humility on both sides.
0: 100%.
1: If you come into this prideful and thinking your way is the only way because that's how you had it done to you, or you're not doing it a certain way because that's how you had it done Mm -hmm. to you, you should really step back and take a look at the picture now. You're not with your parents, you're not with your grandparents, you're not, none of, you get to start fresh with your kids. And if you have trauma or if you just have feelings about how you were disciplined or not disciplined, You should bring those to the table and discuss that.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot of self-awareness. I don't think people realize how deep this conversation can be. A lot of times we don't really know why we feel so strongly about how we want to do it, but we just feel strongly that this is the right way. This is how it should be. So it takes a lot of just self-reflecting and self-awareness to get to the root of why it is you feel so strongly your way is correct And recognize that, uproot that a little bit and figure out why. And if your reason why doesn't make a whole lot of sense, it's not logical, then just try to start fresh, clean the slate.
1: Yeah, that's where the humility comes in. It's very hard to just be like, I don't know why I am one to discipline this way and you're telling me I'm wrong, but I don't know. I just feel like we should. It worked for me. I'm fine. I turned out fine. You know, that whole argument. Just have some humility and say, maybe we do need to have this conversation. We have different kids. We're different people. We were raised differently with different discipline growing up in our house. Let's talk about how we want to do it because you're still a team. You know, you can't just come in and steamroll discipline like dads usually try to do, like I have definitely done and just take over, try to just be in control really quick because that's kind of my, ner- my natural reaction is to just control the situation, control their emotions, control their actions. And it's not always best.
0: Yeah. So an example for us, like Jaron said, he was wanting control. He was kind of the disciplinary in our household and I was very much the opposite. So we have definitely dealt with this. I really struggled to create boundaries with my children I really struggled to follow through on discipline I I think I've mentioned this before but I really over identified with my kids feelings and I really struggled to pull through when it came to discipline and Jaren was the opposite and we we did butt heads on this often where I was kind of like Why don't you have more grace? Why can't you understand what they're feeling? Why, I don't understand why you just wanna control them. Why does this matter? If you can't think of a reason to discipline them, if if the reason doesn't make sense, then why are you doing it? And he was the opposite where it's like, you don't need a reason. They just need to listen to us. They need to respect us. And we were very much on opposite ends of that.
1: Yeah, like they don't need to walk all over you and you have a mental breakdown by the end of the day because they're running the house, you know? sometimes that that, that's where that would come from for me is like being in the work field in the workforce. Everyone has a boss. Everyone is being told what to do by somebody and you just have to do it. And in the house, you know, parents are parents, kids are kids. Just came out of me to be like, they need to listen. Chain of command. Like parents are above kids. They need to learn that. But like that really detaches yourself from like the heart aspect of your kids, why they're doing the things they're doing. And when you just try to control them, when I would just try to control them, I'd completely dismiss their emotions and then that teaches them to dismiss their own emotions and dismiss other people's emotions. So then they're just walking around not really caring about anybody or having any feelings or stuffing their feelings down and that's not cool.
0: Yeah, typically what we have found is that when we're on opposite ends of extremes, the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. If we find ourselves so extremely opposite, we're both probably on very extreme ends and that is not right.
1: Apply that to your social life as well on the internet too. That goes what you just said about being on super opposite extremes of everything kind of come back to the middle and like have a little reason
0: what do you mean on social life you mean like social media yeah okay
1: like social media politics all of that stuff yeah we don't need to be so radical in any sense really i don't think because you might be wrong you could be right you could be wrong you could change your mind in five years and then you look really dumb right now
0: humility goes a long way is all we're saying
1: humility is key (laughs) all right
0: Yeah. So that's definitely something that we have found that helped us so much when we finally did start getting on the same page in parenting. It's when we both did show some humility and say, okay, I probably am a little bit more extreme on this grace side of things. And you probably are a little bit more extreme on this truth side of things. We both need to dial it down and meet each other in the middle a little bit. These two severe extremes are not healthy or working
1: yeah and imagine kids imagine a kid growing up in a house where there are two extremes super high highs super low lows or super lovey lovey mom and super hard disciplinary dad that's probably not healthy you could probably mom could be a little more disciplinary dad could show a little more love you know just round it out a little bit
0: Yeah, that is really helpful. If you think about, for me, for instance, I fall more to the grace side of things when it comes to parenting. If I try my hardest to be more on that disciplinary truth side that Jaren is at, I'm not Ever going to cross the line where I'm too extreme on the truth side because my natural tendency is to be on the grace side. So I can kind of loosen the grips on grace and be a little bit more strict on the truth because. I know me. I'm not going to get too extreme. So that's something that you can kind of think about, figure out what side you fall on and know, I don't, I may not need to work so much on grace because that's going to come natural. I can kind of work on the other side and this other part will be a natural thing that comes out of me.
1: Yeah, same for me. I can really try to be more emotional with my kids or play with them more or show them my soft side more so than like focusing on being hard and getting them to listen to all the rules and do all the right things because I'm already kind of gonna do that naturally like you said, it just comes out of you. You gotta focus on the other thing that you don't really naturally do. And if there's certain things with discipline that you just need to talk about or you just are totally disagreeing on 100%, maybe just omit them from the disciplinary practices until you come to a compromise on them for sure agree not to do them because neither one of you one says yes one says no you probably should just agree on it but because your kids need to see you on the same page
0: yeah if you're not both on board that might be something you just need to put away for now and the person who wants to do it just show some humility for now because your spouse is not seeing the benefit in it yep Well, that's a wrap for today's Q&A. Please send in more questions. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate and review. That would be so helpful to us. And we need to end with a question.
1: Yeah. What's the question for next week?
0: So our question for the beginning of next week's episode is, how do you bring up hurt feelings to your spouse?
1: Great question.
0: We'll talk about that next week.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, guys. See you then.